Hi there and welcome to Dame It All to Hell. I'm Tracy Dietz and I am far less angry today than I was during the last podcast, despite the fact that men continue to be colossal douche nozzles. I want to introduce Kelly Grace Gibson, the other love of my life and Democrat. We're going to talk about some important shit today. Yep, here I am, Kelly Grace Gibson. And I got to say, since we started recording this, Tracy and I, there has just been so many bad guys coming out of the woodwork. And I, I don't think we started this podcast because I think we started talking about it before Harvey Weinstein. But I think that it's pretty crazy. And since we spoke last, the list just grows longer. And it feels heavy because it should. Matt Lauer, Congressman Barton, Congressman Farenhold, James Levine, and President Trump. Again, and I'm sure there are more that we just haven't gotten to yet. Today, we're going to be tackling why you don't need a man, Matt fucking Lauer, John Conyers, Joe Barton, and my favorite, swearing. And when is it too much and why is it the woman's fault? Which Kelly and I vehemently disagree on. And the reason I'm bringing this up is a couple years ago, I had a gentleman tell me he was very offended by my language, which I can't imagine why. I mean, it's not like I curse that much. But he said it was unladylike, and it really wasn't a good thing to do. And so I went two months and didn't swear. Wow. I know. It's a whole <laughs> big thing for me. So, uh, so that happened. And then I decided, ask a bunch of people, talk to women, talk to men. What do you think about this? And their response every time was, why do you give a fuck what he thinks? Which is a valid point, but my point in saying all of this is I swear a lot. That makes me one of the boys. That makes me, uh, that puts guys at ease when they're around me so that they feel like they can say and do whatever they want because I'm one of them. So given that, does that actually open women up to more harassment because we're willing to say fuck all the time? Yeah, I feel like. Well, I feel a couple things. I had a completely sort of G-rated observation of, of that sort of, of that story. I think like a really well-appointed fuck takes you a long way. So if you overuse it, then you just become the, you know, the sailor mouth lady consultant. Um, but if you lay it down and it's funny, that gives you this edge. You become like the witty one. And I do think it makes you one of the boys or it makes you less cold. I think there's this whole thing about how women approach um, unpredictable situations. Either you don't know the men or you've heard bad things about the men or you somehow feel uncomfortable. And some women just say they're not going to give responses. They're just going to be quiet. They're not going to say anything that'll get them in trouble. And other women sort of go the other way, which is you and me, which is calling people out and making jokes and being um, irreverent and, and swearing a bunch. So do you think that's the safer thing to do, though? And do you think that that actually, that actually draws more attention to the problem that we are facing today. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think women are not going to stop getting attention for men. I, I don't know that women should stop getting attention for men in the wake of what's happening. It's just, what is the attention? If it's, if it's overtly sexual and uncomfortable feeling, like that kind of attention should stop. But if a professional man finds a professional woman funny, can he pay her a compliment? Or can he... Um, enjoy her company in a non-rapey kind of way. And is that okay? And, you know, I've had a lot of male clients or um, male colleagues of which I 
joke around and become the funny, irreverent one of the boys. And it's been beneficial. And I've never been scared to leave a meeting or a, you know, a happy hour with them. So it's, it's, but it's my job to discern. So is it now okay if somebody comes in and goes, oh my gosh, you're tall? Because you had a huge problem I did, with that a couple weeks but ago. But I said that, I said it shouldn't be, the attention shouldn't be, and that's not overtly sexual, but can I get attention that is like good attention that is sort of a banter between genders that does not involve the way I look. So somebody said to me a couple weeks ago, wow, that is a groovy shirt. <laughs> no, they didn't really. Totally did. And it had skulls all over it. Yeah. Uh, How old is this person? Groovy is a word that only people over the age of 65 or 70 no, use. No, he was 40. <laughs> Yeeks. Bad dad joke. I, I, maybe, <laughs> but I mean, he he meant nothing he most certainly was not hitting on me or he... Maybe that's why he liked, said groovy. He yeah. liked my shirt. Yeah. I don't think that's bad. Right. Well, I think that the the decisions, the way we're all... If we're really having a cultural... If we're at a cultural tipping point, which more and more people are talking about. I don't know if any of our listeners listen to NPR, but they have a story almost every day. There was one just this morning about sexual harassment in the workplace and a cultural revolution and really changing the sort of way... the The... What a man should do before they open their mouth in a professional situation, if they're in a room or a meeting with a woman they find attractive or funny or dressed well or whatever it is. And so I think that there needs to be some thoughtfulness. Like, do I think that what that guy said about your groovy skull shirt was offensive? Probably not. But what he could have said is, oh, man, I really like skulls, too. Like, not even make mention of the fact that it was, you know, a piece of clothing clinging to some of your best assets. That okay, that's ridiculous. I well, mean, I'm just and the only right, thing I'm you not could expecting see, him to do it. The only thing you could see was the sleeves because I had a vest on over it. Right. So I'm not expecting that see. that guy would do that, but I'm yeah. saying moving forward, that's the kind of shift that could take place. See, I don't think it needs to be that. I don't think men need to be that uptight. I just think men don't need to pull their dicks out. Right, and, but maybe the shift needs to be bigger you think it needs to go the total opposite more direction. bandwidth in order for the sort of for the matt lauer moment not to happen so but do i think it's about swearing uh, you know i have not i have not gotten as much critical feedback about my language although i probably check myself more than you do among certain demographics right if i'm with um an older candidate you know a man who's above the age of 55 or 60 or a sitting member of congress or the head of a coalition table or that kind of thing usually men and women too women can be old broads can be pretty they were never allowed to swear in the public school they'd get hit on the wrist with a with a ruler i probably am more careful about how much i swear if i'm with a younger crew than i do so i most certainly don't swear in meetings I mean, there's just, there's no Oh, what was the situation it. that you got, who, what was the situation where the other, where the guy said you swear too much? So that I was, was not at professional? A dinner. It was, it was a professional dinner okay. and I actually had not even sworn and it was the first time I met him. It, it was part of the, it was a guy partisan dinner, which is a group of gentlemen that get together once every couple of weeks to talk about work and whatever. And I got inducted. Why were you there? Uh, because I'm practically one of a the dude. guys. Because I'm practically a dude. So I had been invited. I had gotten inducted in. I went through this whole interview process. It's pretty funny. But one of the founders of this organization had not been and, and wasn't at the one where I had gotten inducted in. So he came, and I sort of just joking. They were just like, well, "What do you think about there being a woman in?" And he's like, "Well, I think you swear too much." <laughs> and and so I'm like, "I I have said oh nothing God. to you. I haven't sworn at all tonight. It's I don't understand." And he's like, "Well, you swear on Facebook." And I said, "No, no my mother reads Facebook. I don't swear <laughs> on Facebook at all." And then I realized he was talking about the private 
guy partisan Facebook page mm-hmm. that there are 20 people on. I feel like I have so much to say about this situation. First of all, why do men need a men's only club? Like everything in Washington is a men's only club. And if you're going to let women in anyway, that's a really weird thing. And also in a men's only club, they don't expect people to like to have, you know, questionable language. Everything about that I is don't, really fucking weird. I don't, and super Washington, D.C. I don't disagree with any of that. It, the club was started... It, it's not even a club. It was started 12, 14 years ago by a couple guys. When and, women were really empowered then. You had to get away from all the broads. <laughs> uh, you know, I know all the people that started it. They're they're not part of the, the dick posse. So I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I think... Women probably have women lunches where we don't invite men. Right, because there are not that many women. I mean, I feel like we're getting off topic here. Yeah. But I think that you should keep swearing as long as you feel it does not put you at risk. So we can, uh, we should probably start moving into something that I wanted to bring up that we had talked about a little bit last week. And I'm still bothered by this because... Kelly is very much convinced that the reason that she is so successful is because men have put her there. It's a different... You're, you're mincing my words. I'm not. I'm not. I just... Just because a man interviewed you and gave you a job doesn't mean he was giving you some chance. He gave you a job because he thought you were successful and would do a good job. How is that any different than a man hiring another man? Right. So the way I, the way I interpreted the conversation was... Could I be where I was today if I never had to be hired by a man? If I never had to be mentored by a man? If I never learned the ropes from a man? Are there enough women helping women to get a woman like myself to where I am? So that's just a matter of people. Like now we're defining it as men, women versus... I'm I'm still not convinced because I have been plucked out of every organization that I've worked for since my very first job. I haven't interviewed. Somebody came to me and said, hey, we'd like you to do this. And yes, were those people that came to me and said, I'd like you to do this, men? Yes, they were. But I'd already proven myself at that right. point. Right. They, they don't make you good at your job. Our intelligence and ambition and chutzpah and risk-taking and all that sort of stuff is what ma- has made us pluckable. You know, what has made us the kind of people people want to work with and for and all, under and all that kind of stuff. But the point that I was trying to make is we still live in a town, in an industry that the vast majority of leadership and senior positions and partners and bosses and the pluckers are men. And yeah. how do you how do you remedy that reality? And that's by trying to bring women along bring women up where you can. We talked a little bit in one of the episodes about mentoring young women and both being a guide through the shitstorm that is the dick posse in this town. And people are really going to say ridiculous shit to you and touch you in your soft parts. But I think that there's uh, this other expectation that if you have positions of open or if you have time to, if you have the space to, to be something for somebody that as a strong woman in this town, it should be for a woman. Maybe we should start a chick partisan group. There's a bunch of them. Are there? Not for the Republicans, though. See what what's up with that? Because <laughs> it is my experience, and now you're gonna you're gonna hate me for this. Is Republican women are much harder on Republican senior Republican women are much harder harder on junior women. Now there are some real doozies on my side of the aisle. Don't get me wrong. And that goes back to another conversation we had where we were talking about how it made us stronger by elbowing out the competition and being fierce and hard and tough. And what did that do for us? And I think that the women, the generation above us have 
that even more, you know, but in my age and younger, we're in the, at least on my side of the aisle, we're really starting. I do, we're not, not in the holidays, but we do like monthly happy hours for women in the industry to talk about what jobs are coming across your desk or what hires do you need or how can we get strong women. There's like some of those secret Facebook groups, the persistence. and. So why wouldn't we have a group that was for everybody? Why wouldn't we have a group where you could bring both points of view because there are Republican women that should be listening to Democratic women's point of view. And Democratic women should absolutely be listening to a Republican's point of view. Because I think one of the greatest things in life for me right now is you. Because you bring a perspective that I don't always think about. And it's great for me to hear that perspective. And I may not always agree with you. In fact, I almost Often never don't. <laughs> agree with you. But I think it also gives me some perspective on things. And that's awesome. Yeah. We should be doing that for all Because women. I think women suck at a couple things. Women suck at professional networking. Women, and it's like women candidates suck at fundraising because they hate asking people for money. Women, women hate being transactional. I don't know if it's because we're bred that way or if that's somehow in our DNA, but we want to, myself included, what do you like? I mean, part of the fun we have is that we like actually like each other as human beings, which makes the quarreling and the disagreement and the podcasting more fun because because we there's some there's something there to keep us in it or whatever and uh but in the professional world often you have to be transactional like hey there's this job i want can you get me an interview or um do you know somebody working on this thing and i want in there or i want to hire so and so and like women aren't transactional like that and so we're trying to be cuz that's how you get do you think republican women are more transactional like that well i think republicans are more transactional i mean have you seen the tax bill <laughs> Why do we have to? Why do we have to drill off of the coast of Maine just for tax relief for wealthy people? We're not going to get into it, but I'm saying right. I think Republicans are more transactional than Democrats. But that would be good for Democratic women. Yes, it would be. It's just like not, um, not how we're made. There's I don't know. Somebody's got this bullshit theory, bullshit in my mind theory about how Democrats and Republicans are sort of made in the womb based on the amount of um, the happy hormone we have in our brains or something so who's about happier? Like, the democrats want the world to be the world to be better and republicans want their own worlds to be better or something like that well, why wouldn't you want individual responsibility why wouldn't you want your world to be better well i want that but i just don't want it at the expense of the the poor communities or the people my neighbors who don't haven't had it as easily or the two parents that work nine jobs or whatever it is so i think that there's a substantial difference between democrats and republicans i think you and i can agree on that but i think that, especially if you work in politics, that dictates how you function in a professional space outside of how, how you vote in the ballot box. Yeah. But so, you know, I think that that's why I believe that I wouldn't be where I was without the support of men. But I hope one day, you know, t- 25 years ago when podcasts are like chips in our brains, you know, that there's some woman who completely never had to never experienced that I and i am say. convinced that the reason i am where i am is because i was 100 percent control of control of my own destiny yeah because you're and a I hard fought, ass worker scratched yeah. pulled screamed cried i mean i did all of those things and i feel like i am where i am I, and, and i don't the only man that i would in any moment give any contribution to would be my husband yeah 
And that's spousal support, and he's pretty fantastic. He is pretty fantastic. So. This is why I love you so much. Not your husband. Mostly the crying, kicking, screaming, and scratching. Yes, because that's what yeah. you have to do. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Speaking I mean, of crying. We've been putting it off and putting it off because, speaking of crying, Matt Lauer. I mean, I don't even have that sad Matt Lauer, like, I loved him so much and I watched the show my whole life. But it's like, how can somebody who is in front of the American audience be so terrible and so the 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 heaviness i have about matt lauer is all these women at least 20 years of women who have had to be subjected to his advances at the very least or his i hear he's mean as a snake if if people didn't give in a little bit did you see the tmz video with him and katie couric when he no. like she he 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 leaned up and he or, or she was doing something and he was he was down at his desk and he kind of looks up and he goes that's a nice sweater and then he looks back down and he looks up again and he's like yeah keep leaning over like that that's a nice view and he was just creepy as fuck when he said it it was just like yeah watching the video was like Ugh. my girl Sarah told me about it now that you say that and she was like the thing that I noticed was how mean like that his expression was so hard it was so mean like he had a little evil in it yeah yeah so so that was his whole life and there's this whole thing with the with the executive producer named bell who who apparently a lot of people went to but he was you know his his final year was making 25 million dollars a year he's making shit tons of money for the network and all these people went to them and said he's just not a good guy i think the Ann Curry angle is pretty funny that Ann Curry got the boot because they didn't like her clothes and she was awkward and mostly because Matt Lauer didn't like her. And here he is locking people in his office with his secret lock button, of which Tracy doesn't think is that bad, for a reason she'll explain. And and just like trapped in that office. And a lot of bad shit went on in there. So the secret lock button, apparently every executive at NBC had a secret lock button for safety reasons. So it's not like he had installed a secret lock button to lock women in his office specifically. That said, he did use that secret lock button to lock a woman in his office more and then than, rape more, her. More than one so, woman, yeah. So it's not good. No. And... And yeah, so like he got fired or whatever, which was, you know, fast, finally. I think that's, it's it's one of the very first examples in this shitstorm of sexual assault and harassment that we've been talking about, where the swift action, so, you know, there was probably all these complaints and they put him off, but because of the collective nature of all of this action, he was cut like straight away. But he's, he, you know, he, he's... Um, released this ridiculous statement. I'm going to try to learn from my mistakes. In doing so, I've been doing a lot of reflecting and I want to be someone who adds something to this conversation. I hope I can do that. He wants to add something to the conversation about how men treat women differently. Like, this isn't about you fucking Matt Lauer. Right. This is about the dozens or hundreds or whatever it was. What else is he going to say? I'm a fucking scumbag. Like, that's, I mean, that's the... I find all of these apologies awful, horrific, and everybody went crazy about Louis C.K. Like, what a great apology! It wasn't a fucking apology. He said nothing useful. He made it well, out. He admitted like, to it. Which, he admitted which to nobody it. He done admitted outright. to it, which nobody is outright done. But yeah. honestly, you know what, guys, take a lesson. If you've done something pretty horrible, just come out and say, "Listen, I did it, and I suck." And I'm going to go into my own little place and try to figure out why I'm such a piece of shit. And you never have to look at me again. And I will find God and do all of those things and make amends. But I suck. That is the response. That is that is the apology that you should offer. The only one. But before you do it, you should zip up, zip up your pants and put your penis away. That would and be then it should stay great. in your pants for the rest of your days. I feel like that shouldn't be that hard to not pull your penis out. I know. Work. It just is What though. is that? I'm still going to go back to what the fuck is that? Like Good old Barton, man. 
Did you? Okay. I made the mistake of looking at the scratched out picture on the internet. Holy scary. Like nobody the size of that man who's naked should take a selfie from their eyeballs looking down. It is an, it is an unattractive sight from all angles. So don't, and, don't be mean to Barton because he sent a nudie pic to a woman that he was banging. I don't think that's, that's what, why is that not okay? See, you're all flip-floppy again. You said you were less angry today. But last week, we had the whole conversation about how you thought if you're a public servant, an elected official, you should, there's a different set of fucking standards. I totally agree there's a different set of standards. And those different set of standards mean don't fucking harass and rape women. Like, if you're sending a nudie pic to you somebody you're dating. You don't think dick dating, pics are part of the different standards? If it's consensual, it all goes back to being consensual. Is so it consensual? You, is it not consensual? But good old wiener. Send it to a child. Send it to a child. Yes. Very different. But according to the standards you just laid out, that child said she was 18. And it was consensual. But it. But she I mean, wasn't. he's in fucking jail or something now, he and he be should jail. be because he's kitty porn. But I think that I think a couple things about your your pal Barton. Oh, here we go. He how, how many times has he been elected? He's the most senior member of the House delegation for the state of Texas. Oh, he's a whore. He is a serial he's cheater, a serial according whore. to his yeah. wife. How many serial cheaters who've been sitting ranking members like that do it without people knowing? So here's the thing, and it's not illegal, but should people vote for for people like Barton? I mean, is there some moral standard to this? And why is his wife just being like, look at me, I'm going to put my American flag pin and wave my hand even though my husband sends dick back over the internet to consensual mistresses? Because she didn't care. Right. Really? Do we really want? Do we need to go back and talk about Clinton? I mean, because it's not like Hillary didn't know that Bill was screwing everybody. I mean, they were shoving her. They were shoving women out the back door when Hillary was coming in the front. My my question remains. My question remains: Is there some? And and this this sounds so much like the woman's fault. But is there some? And well, you just mentioned that your successes do do a lot to spousal support. So like, husbands and wives play a big role in this. But do are we just giving? Hillary Clinton and Mrs. Barton and all the other dozens of spouses who just turn a blind eye as their sitting members of Congress are just being like not good people. I don't know. I know. Because I don't know what I would do if all of a sudden I found out that my husband was a serial cheater. I don't, I mean, I don't. Lordy, I hope you just like close the front door and get the locks changed. I have two kids. I know. Like well, I can't, it's not that hard. Them. And I, I gave Hillary Clinton when I was in 1998, when the whole Lewinsky thing broke, I hated Hillary Clinton. And I remember thinking like, she is a horrible human being who would stay with a man. What a terrible example she's setting for women and blah, 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 blah. That was coming from a, you know, 21 year old that didn't have a husband, that yep. didn't have kids. that didn't have any of those things to understand. I mean, if, again, if I found out tomorrow that my husband was a serial cheater, I, I don't think I would slam the door and walk out. I but don't know. I, I, which is your decision to make, yeah. mostly because you're a private citizen. You right. or your husband are do not, do not ask every two years for the trust for a big, important job by thousands and thousands of your neighbors. Sex is clearly an issue. Just not for in voters. This country right Namely, now, Donald Trump. It is. It's an issue for. It's an issue for everybody because men can't keep it in their pants. Oh, that's such bullshit. And of course they can. They just high. don't. Because they and don't have to. We're about one week. The election's one week away in Alabama. One week away, and a new CBS poll just released amongst Republican voters. Amongst Republican voters, seventeen percent say they think the accusations are true. Seventeen percent, seventy-one say they think they're false Those accusations. Were voters in Alabama. Yeah, red, re, um, registered Republican voters in Alabama. And how many? There's like 
16 or 20 women now that are saying in some way, shape, or form Roy Moore was inappropriate to them. So somebody posted something on Facebook the other day. Uh, It was a comment about, um, I've had enough, and it was a woman. I've had enough of all of these things about sexual harassment. I don't want to hear about it anymore. It's getting out of control, and it's getting ridiculous. And all I could think of was, holy (laughs) fucking shit. If all of the sudden we're going to lose women now because all these other women are are coming out and, and being honest about the things that have happened to them in their lives, we are fucked as women. Because I... Where do we go? Like if 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 the general population doesn't believe us and just doesn't back us and doesn't support us, I think that in, you might be right. We may go back to that thing of we're going to need men for sport. Because <laughs> in in an unfair in an unfair observation about this friend of yours on Facebook, whom I don't even know, I would say that perhaps there's something in her life she's unwilling to come to terms with. I feel like sometimes. People that don't want to admit things in their lives often just turn a blind eye to everyone else. And so I think some of this is generational. I've said this before. I think I said it in the very first episode. I feel lucky that I have not been approached inappropriately by somebody, you know, younger than 40 or younger than 45, that that eventually time will change this. But I think that it's going to be really telling for what is the what are the consequences for our sitting members, for Franken and Conyers, um, if if Roy Moore is elected, That's actually... because then he'll be elected by the people of his state as a known predator, sexual predator. And so how can you ask, you know, Nancy Pelosi asked Conyers to step down saying it was inappropriate. And it was very clear that the accusers are valid and, you know, and it was a really shitty thing to do. But John Conyers for sure's fuck's sake isn't going to step down from his position if Roy Moore gets, you know, if wins and becomes a senator, because then the party, then the politics of the Democrats lose a vote which is right now because Washington's so controlled by the Republicans because of the last election cycle, that doesn't make any sense for good policy outside of sexual harassment. I feel like Conyers is different than Roy Moore. And not, I don't know that, not, not better or worse, but Conyers, as a sitting elected official, fired a woman because she would not have sex with with him. Like that is the epitome of sexual harassment. Had sexual interactions with a child. I know. I don't. I don't disagree with you. On right. That. Also, Fairly. when he was a sitting, when he was a sitting judge, he was attorney general. Was he? Well, yeah. yeah I just mean he judge. had continued re- re- sort of repetitive, uh, unwanted sexual advances yeah. while he held many, many public yes. positions. But I think a week from now, when he's elected. And the, Donald Trump is still in the White House. I mean, since all this came out, all those women that came out during his campaign are back again. 16 women have signed, you know, legal documents saying that he did all the Frank, just frankened the shit out of a whole bunch of women. He just frankened them. I'm just, I should copyright that. And he's still in office. So I'm just, it's what, what even a week ago felt so black and white. A week from now is going to feel so fucking murky. Murky like the Alabama swamps. Yeah. Are there swamps in Alabama? Seems like there should be. There should be swamps in Alabama. I, you know, I don't, I I don't, I don't know where this is all going. It's crazy. What I, the only thing I do know and the only thing I hope is that everybody that's coming forward, the vast number of things that just keep growing and growing and growing is that we are that people don't get immune to what's happening because there's so much of it. Sort of seems like they are. I absolutely. Yeah. And I think by 2018, I mean, Donald Trump got elected. 
Roy Moore is going to get elected. Because there are people that just don't think what he did was that bad. Because it was 40 years ago. The times were different. It's 40 years ago. Are really going to hold a man accountable for what he did 40 years ago? So but here's here's like a question. 40 years ago was like the first one. 20 years ago was so the last So here's a question. And, and I don't know. No. Uh, I don't. I actually don't know where I'm going with this. So this should, this should be fun. Love so, a Tracy tangent. So imagine if you met somebody today that was 70 years old. There was a member of the KKK and or the Nazi party 40 years ago. And they had reformed themselves and changed and whatever and now became a great functioning member of society. They were making an effort not to be a racist. They were making an effort to, to believe that all people are created equal. Would you hold their behavior 40 years ago against them? Do I think that a former member of the Ku Klux Klan should be a sitting Democrat member of Congress? Because they're good now. No. No. If they'd like to go sell insurance, I'd be happy to buy a car program plan from him. So then we're, what we're saying is we're going to hold members yes. of Congress to a significantly higher standard. Yes. Also, and I hope you don't have your kids in the car for this, but when they were in the KKK, did they string anyone up? I mean, what what were the, you know, this oh, man. Some of like, them probably did. This man like groped a, Roy Moore groped a child. I mean, I think that there are. I think there are ways a person's mentality, outlook on life, um, the, the people they hang with can change over time. But if you make a decision that directly impacts the future livelihood of another human being for your own personal advantage, because you believe men are um, entitled or stronger or the dominant sex. And my guess is if you asked Roy Moore tomorrow, do you still think men are superior to women? He would say yes. Then no, I'm sorry. Go figure something else out. But do you think Paint at the time houses. he thought he was hurting her? Yes. You I think don't he know. knew? Do I think a 35 year old man who gropes a 14 year old thinks somehow that's okay in, with the entirety of their career? I bet he, he's a God fearing man too, ain't he? Like, give me a fucking break. The hypocrisy. And I swear next week, we're going to, next podcast, we're going to spend the whole time talking about hypocrisy because that shit is rampant. Yeah. But. Um, no, I on think, all sides. I think if you are called to service, and I realize that that there is a very sort of charming, dramatic way of deciding to run for a powerful position like the like Congress or Senate, and you have a a storied past with with you know victims to your actions, figure you should try something else out. You make it sound so beautiful, like call to service, like right. That's what I'm. That's what thing. Like, yeah. are you kidding? Like, you have to be a little bit of a narcissistic douchebag oh, yeah. to run for office. You have to have a big ego. But I have plenty of candidates, female candidates or male candidates. Who Do are they young. win? Their ego is connected to the power you get and the rush you get from doing what you think is right and good for your neighbors, not to individuals. And for your neighbors could be Republican or Democrat. You know, if it's an individualistic sense or oh. community sense or whatever it is. But I think ego can manifest in harmless ways. Mm, so you think you think their ego develops over time, or you think they have an ego to start with? I think they all have egos to start with. Yeah. You know how hard it is to run too. You have to raise like millions of dollars, twenty five hundred bucks to, at a you time. You have to be yeah, a special brutal. type of person yeah. to do that. Yeah. But I think you also are making it sound nice with special. But I think that that. No, Not I didn't. Mean, all... I mean special. I mean yeah. you have to be a special kind of douchebag. Yeah. I promise. I'm sorry. I didn't mean a special kind of person that wanted to actually do great things for the world. And not that I think that every elected official is. I mean, I think there are elected officials that actually want to do good. But that's the have... only reason I do this fucking work is because I think the right leaders can change this country. 
for the better. Yeah. Because I'm, as we decide, as we discovered last time, I am the eternal optimist. You are. <laughs> Which is good. So um, last time we talked about the Mike Pence things and about if any women members um, have similar policies about dining alone for things. And uh, I decided to give it a go. And I made a list of all 21 of the female senators. I did not get Colin through the whole list because the reaction from, so the people that that answer the phones in these offices are like right straight out of college. You know, they're like 21 year old kids. It's a shit job because it's constituent services. So mostly, you know, one out of every 20 calls, somebody's being nice to you, but the rest, somebody's bitching about a vote or something like that. So I said, hi, I'm, you know, I'm Kelly and I'm doing a little research and I'm wondering if you can tell me if the Senator has any policies on the books or if she's mentioned anything along the way of refusing to dine alone with a man who's not her spouse. And they were like, um, excuse me? <laughs> I was like, well, I'm doing some research and we know, you know, we know the vice president is on the record saying that he won't dine with anyone that's not his spouse. And I'm wondering if the senator and everybody was like, um, I can't imagine that that's a possibility or that's not, no, um, there's nothing official about that. Or so it, if, if so there's it, nothing it, official, right? But here's the thing. What sitting woman senator would dine with alone a man with a, alone with a man that she didn't know. Every single one of them. The lobbyists for any vote that's coming lobbyists up. Lobbyists aren't the, even allowed to take them out to dinner. Well, the the people that are in the circle of people that are trying to get something done. So like a chief of staff for another sitting member or somebody like on the candidate side or I mean there's just I feel like there are an immense amount of reasons a sitting female senator would have a meal with a man she didn't know. Mostly because they're a senator, but in that that and that is reason for me to believe that they absolutely wouldn't. Why? Who is going to get a senator to dinner by themselves anyway? So so many people. The district, the head of the district office in their reelection campaign. The so a member of their staff. Yeah, maybe their election staff or who they don't know because their election staff is enormous. I mean. If any of us actually comes face to face with a female senator, and I totally want to do this. I'm uh, taking a picture and I'm stalking, and I'm going to be like, "Is this your husband?" Because we have a thing. What do you think about this? We should on the, get on the next episode of this podcast. Do- we will have just bailed Tracy out of prison, out of jail <laughs> for stalking a United States senator. Uh, I feel like. <sighs> We need to have a United States senator on the show. Well, we, we need, need a few more listeners. So everybody tell your friends yeah, to listen to Yeah, everybody tell Jamie your friends Bell. to listen so we can get a senator. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we could get Nancy Pelosi. You do? No, yeah. probably not. But <laughs> I, I used to work with Christine Pelosi a long yeah. time ago. Well, so, give her a call. See day. what you can find yes. out. Okay, so we are here we are on December 4th. Is that what it is? December 4th. Here we are, December 4th, and it's the beginning of holiday party season here in Washington, D.C. I bought a pair of boots that may or may not be appropriate for holiday party (laughs) season, but they are four-inch stilettos, and the entire boot is covered in Swarovski crystals, and it comes all the way up to my knee. Yeah. so I can't wear that, can I? That's a statement. I mean, if you were wearing like a turtleneck dress that went over the boot or something, you could, I bet. So what if it's a longer turtleneck dress, but it doesn't go over the boot? What if it's just like to the knee? Yeah. Are people going to think I'm a stripper? Well, no, people are going to think you're a Republican. Oh, that's great. I am a Republican, so that's fine. But they're not going to so, think I'm a stripper. Um, no, I don't so think So, Ryan's boots, okay. Yeah. Because this was a question that... Yeah, Ryan's your boots, okay, I think. Yeah. They're, but okay. so, so last... It's, it's, holiday parties can be confusing, I think, because 
they're always after hours. There's always eggnog and, you know, spiced mulled rum and Prosecco and all that sort of stuff. So everyone's liquoring up a little bit. You are often in a room full of colleagues who you, you sort of know half by name. You sort of recognize a quarter and the rest of them, you're just like, that's somebody I could meet. And... And conversation at any of these things, we've talked a lot about conference environments after hours when alcohol is involved and whatnot. In in the past, there's the the conversation can get questionable in terms of um, remarking on looks or on plans or whatever it is. So I wonder this year, post sexual assault, sexual assault shitstorm, if holiday parties will be a little more tame in conversation. Uh, probably not if I'm wearing rhinestone boots. <laughs> I feel like that's just asking for it. That's a good one. We'll wear see. your rhinestone boots, see what happens. And the next, the other one after that, don't wear rhinestone boots and see what happens. Um, <laughs> I, I have to imagine that people are going to comment on the rhinestone boots. Like, how could you not? Yeah. Like, that's just screaming comment on, on my, my boots. shoes. Well, I don't actually mind if people comment on my shoes, but. So your you know. shoes are fine, just not your shirt or your jacket or your dress. Do you have tits in your shoes? Or your hair. No, but sometimes. Sometimes people have a foot fetish. <laughs> Gross. It can be a thing. <laughs> so I think that we should, over the next couple episodes, I think we should have sort of a retelling of holiday party anecdotes and conversational updates. I will keep see. you. I have like keep four me, between keep me now and next week. Yes. And I will keep you posted. And and much like all the previous two episodes, Tracy and I are indeed enjoying a glass of wine provided to us by Tracy's lovely colleague business yes. partner, which is very lovely. And, you know, we just want to make everyone know that when you're um, dishing and gabbing and being frustrated about life, it's fine to drink a glass of wine or two. It can get you through the tough times. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us here on episode, the slightly tamer, episode three of Dame It All to Hell. I know. I feel like you could actually count on two fingers how many times I said fuck. Do you want to just say it like five I times like in I a row? Fuck, just fuck, 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 Just sort of That felt it so out. good. <laughs> And uh, we are super grateful to all those people that joined us on episode two. Tracy and I are really excited about this. And we think that um, now more than ever, it's important to have bipartisan voices about the shitstorm because, I don't know, it doesn't seem like it's going to stop anytime soon. Just keep your dick in your pants. Just keep it in your pants. Yeah. So thanks so much for joining us. Listen and subscribe to Dame It All to Hell on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks. And you can check us out on Facebook to see when the next one comes out. So thanks, guys. Have a good week. Bye.